he's strong, listen bud He's got radioactive blood Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man In the chill of night At the scene of the crime like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. This is episode 499 for March 2018, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And that opening song is sung by Maria Patetti, who's a YouTuber, and she's doing a great rendition of the 1960s Spider-Man theme song. So check her out on YouTube. Before we get on with our March uh, Spider History with JR, I want to give some thank yous to people that support this podcast and our website on Patreon. And I was just looking, and we only had two people new in 2018 that support us on Patreon. So if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the daily content on the front page, uh, support it. Make sure that there's more of it. Help us pay the bills for the bandwidth and the website hosting, etc. But uh, part of the rewards that I do for people that support the um, site through Patreon is I read their name in front of every episode. So... Here's a big thank you to Brian, Craig, Christopher, Andrew, John, Stephen, Michael, Frederico, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Nick, Laura, Michael, Daryl, and Spider-Gwen. If you would like to join the Patreon group that helps support this website, log on to SpiderManCrawlspace.com and look on the right-hand side for the Patreon button. Also, the Patreon button is at the very bottom of every article that's posted on the front page. You click on the article, and at the very bottom, right above the comment section, is the Patreon button. So thank you to each and every one that support us and the ones that are going to support us in the future. All right, JR's winding up for history. Let's get to it. Neighborhood Spider-Man, wealth and fame, he's hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our March Spider History with JR. Of course, we've got JR. What's happened in the last 30 days with you, JR? Oh, let's see here. What's <laughs> happened in the last 30 days? Uh, oh, I don't know. I won the lottery. Uh, <laughs> you know, I found, my, found myself a girlfriend. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I woke up. There so. you go. <laughs> so we are had a nap. All right. We've also got on the line, we've got uh, George. What's going on, George? <laughs> how's, that, how's the Cosby show? I mean, not Cosby show. Fat Albert's theme song go. That's it. We're not doing this. Okay, no, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to foul on all of this. <laughs> foul. Uh, going on, Zach. Zach's on the line. What's up, bud? Hey, it's been so long since we talked. Long time, long time, like seconds. Like uh, and we've got Mark, Mark Alford, Dark Mark, if you will, the writer of Cobwebs on the front page. What's going on, Mark? Hey, can't believe I was asked to come back this month. This is great. I mean, two months in a row, Mark. We must like you or something. My goodness. <laughs> and we've got about uh, 23 YouTubers watching us live stream this. So, JR, you have 23 people around the world that like you. <laughs> that's certainly more than i have here at home <laughs> so we we are headed back 
to uh, March of 1972. Two Spider-Man issues came out this month. The first one we're going to talk about is Amazing Spider-Man number 106, written by Stan Lee and John Romita Sr. Uh, John Romita Jr. or Sr. did not write this. Oh, penciled by John there you, Romita there you Sr. Go. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Point of parliamentary procedure. Thank you for keeping me on task. Gotcha. <laughs> why you pay me the big bucks. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, we're back in the 70s. And uh, this actually, uh, Amazing 106, is uh, the middle of a three-part story with uh, featuring Spencer Smythe. Uh, I'm going to start with issue 105 because uh, issue 105 uh, has some, uh, I, I can't, re- can't resist dialogue. Uh, guys, you remember when we uh, had a lot of fun with... Uh, uh, Marvel team up number 39 and 40. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, this is a little bit similar here. Um, issue 105 begins with a protest outside the Daily Bugle offices. And Randy Robertson is one of the leaders. And they're chanting things like, um, let's see, chanting things like, say it fast, say it slow. The Bugle's got to go. The Bugle's unfair to minority groups. The Bugle doesn't care about the common man. And Randy says, people are hungry, jobless, angry. What does the Bugle do a series about? The adventures of Kazar and some costume weirdo. Well, Robbie shows up to work. And uh, Robbie says, Randy, I'm the city editor. Why don't you just talk to me? And Randy says, face it, Paul, you work for the man. And, <laughs> and Robbie said, and Robbie says, don't give me that jive son. You know where my head's at. Um, wow. And, but, but basically he tells Randy, you know, if you believe in what you're doing, do it. He says, who, you know, the, the establishment needs to be shaken up once in a while. He says, however, he says, be cool about it. But basically he's saying, don't do anything stupid and violent. Um, but then, so, you know, and, and Spidey's there. Yeah, Joe Robertson handled that situation perfectly. He diffused that or whatever. Well, Jonah shows up. And um, Jonah's an, a, arrival is announced by one of the protesters who says, hey, he's here. It's the head honky himself. <laughs> All right. Uh, here, 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 let me show the panel for the YouTubers. It's right over here. If it'll get in focus. Yep. Alas, okay. The head honky himself is here. That didn't work. <laughs> so, you're flipping well right. I'm here, big mouth, because this is where I belong, which is blind sight more than you can say. And then, of course, the guy, you know, says, look, little man, we got something to say. And I figure, figure, not, you know, figure, you better listen. And Jameson goes, I do the figure in here. You got something on your mind? Write us a letter. <laughs> no one tells me how to run my paper. No one. <laughs> the Bugle's been fighting for civil rights since before you were born. But I got civil rights, too. And nobody's messing around with them. Nobody. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, God, give me some pictures. <laughs> you want a job? You want a job? Does anybody care what I want? I do. Shut up. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> So Spidey realizes that Jonah's going to escalate the situation and he swoops in and saves Jonah from himself. Uh, but he can't resist, you know, cause Jonah can't, Jonah just cannot help himself. So he insults Spider-Man. So Spider-Man hangs him by his coat from a flagpole. And as a result, pretty well diffuse, um, diffuses the entire situation, which has gotten pretty tense. But Joe Jameson says, you know, ah, it's the last stunt you'll ever pull wall crawler. Cause I got something waiting for you, but, you know, so Peter, you know, says, ah, you know, screw you, Jameson. Um, 
swings off, you know, and uh, they're having a party for Harry because, you know, party, party, Harry overdosed in the famous drug issues, not too many issues ago. So they're having a party for him, a welcome home party. Flash shows up and uh, Gwen kind of interjects herself just, just to make sure that, you know, because the last time Flash and Peter met, Flash thought, or Peter thought Flash was like stepping out you know, stepping into his, uh, uh, you know, ruining it as, as Jack Napier would say, ruining another man's rhubarb. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, Gwen says, Gwen tries to make the peace, you know, and Peter walks away and, and then Mary Jane. Now I remember, I don't know. See, shy town is not with us today. He was with us last night, but he was not with us today. And he was writing this great article about mm-hmm. why Mary Jane is, uh, you know, Peter's number one love. And, and yeah. I'm sure that he said all kinds of nice things about Mary Jane, but, uh, <clears throat> uh, as Mary Jane is leading Peter away, she says, poor little Petey. They always did dig each other, you know, referring to Flash and Gwen, but don't worry. I still like you. Oh, and Peter's going, Hey, wait a minute. And he's about to le- lecture her before Harry, you know, you know, shows up. <laughs> Look at me. I'm a poor drunk, you know, you know, uh, and, and Norman's right behind him offering support like only Norman Osborne can offer. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so poor Harry, you know, poor Harry staggers in and, you know, Peter's <clears throat> Harry's on the road to recovery, uh, at least for uh, until another 13 or 14 issues when he's going to yeah. OD again. And then Norman's going to kill Gwen. And then it's like, okay, so, but something's wrong with Flash, something ominous. So, anyway, we find out what Jonah's up to. Jonah's going to see Spencer Smythe uh, and uh, for a new Spider Slayer. And Smythe has created a, uh, a spider robot. And he's absolutely sure that this is going to, you know, take care of Spider-Man because it's fast. It crawls walls, it shoots web. And, uh, you know, Jonah is about uh, 20, 30 years ahead of his time because Smythe sets it up where Jonah can play video games with exactly. know, equipment. Jonah's sitting in front of a TV or a computer screen with his, with his, uh, oh God, what is Joystick. Thank Yeah. Yeah, his joystick. Uh, (laughs) It's a remote uh, control, if you will. There we go. There we go. And he's trying to control the robot, you know, going after Spider-Man. But it it keeps kind of fitzing out on him every now and then. You know, he's not got complete control of the robot. Uh, And then the robot, you know, uh, slams Spider-Man through a particular building, which is a computer center. You know, and Jonah's saying, I I didn't sit him in there. What's he doing in there? And then Spider-Man realizes the robot doesn't want to leave. So anyway, after... Uh, a Titanic after a Titanic battle uh, where Spider-Man loses um, the robot steals a component because as Spider-Man has noticed early in the issue, there's these little monitors that have started appearing on the rooftops everywhere. And he doesn't, he said, Oh, what's that? I've been seeing those. What are they? Well, they're actually police video, police scanners, police cameras, uh, to watch out, you know, for criminal activity. And Smythe is stealing the the central component. You know, I mean, this is a comic book, right? So there's just like a little box that he can steal and he can control everything from there. So, you know, he uses the robot spire to steal the central component. Smythe was the guy who helped the city put him in. So now by having this component, he can control them and make deals with criminals and, and things and things of that nature. So let's see. Let's make sure the guy, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so, but. Also, you know, Spider Smythe can use the the uh, control over these cameras to follow Spider Man, and he waits for Spider Man to unmask. Spider Man does. Smythe sees his face, and that's the cliffhanger going into issue one hundred and six. That's a great so, looking uh, last panel 
uh, cliffhanger. I mean, his mask is off and the bad guy sees who he is. That's a great, yeah. that'll make you buy it in 30 days. You, exactly. I mean, some of the cliffhangers you used to say, wow, you know, what's going to happen? How is Spider-Man going to get out of this one? Well, how does Spider-Man get out of this one? Well, it turns out that not only is Peter uh, an expert on so many different things, you know, uh, he's also an earthquake expert, as we find out later in Marvel Team Up number 28. Uh, but uh, he's also a master makeup special artist specialist because he goes to Dr. Connor's lab and he creates a perfect face mask for himself because he realizes he was seen his spider sense goes off a little bit late. He realizes that this thing is a monitor and that it, it has seen him. So, so he goes to Dr. Connor. He has this plan. He goes to Dr. Connors. He makes a face mask of himself. Hmm. And Smythe is in the process now of, of, um, uh, meeting with the top gangsters in New York saying, look what I can do for you. Uh, you know, I can, we can, we can see all that's going on in the city. If uh, we can keep tabs on all the armored trucks. And if you go and you rob this armored truck or you rob this bank, I can tell you where all the cops are at any time. Uh, and you can get away from them. Uh, and, Oh, you know, of course, the gangsters think this is really cool. And he says, look, I can even follow Spider-Man. We can see what he looks like. See, see. So, you know, Spider-Man's sitting there and it's Peter Parker's face and ha ha. But no, he he pulls it off. He pulls a face off. And there's Spider-Man, you know, with a Peter Parker mask going, ha 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 ha. And of course, everybody buys it. Oh, look, he was just fooling with you, Smythe. Ah, it doesn't matter. Often uh, uh, the same trick often used on the old mission yeah, if I remember correctly, cl- cl- with with yeah, cl- cliffhanger diffused, yeah. uh, t- situation diffused. <clears throat> uh, so, but uh, but then you know, uh, Spider Man stumbles upon another demonstration in front of the Daily Bugle offices, but this one is being led by Jonah himself. And what Jonah is protesting is the presence of all these police cameras. Uh, and as some of the signs say, you know, Soul Brother, not Big Brother, uh, and. Uh, you know, Jonah has now become a, an advocate of privacy rights. So, but, so anyway, so Peter goes back to the, uh, Peter goes back to his uh, apartment and poor Harry's sitting there and Harry, Harry's just, you know, and Peter says, "What, well, Harry, what are you doing? You're stooping out on the drugs again. And Harry says, no, Mary Jane doesn't take me seriously. And Peter's thinking to himself, well, you know, if you went in such a, little wuss maybe she would uh but he doesn't say that no nope. making stuff that. up Je- so, george uh, i'm not making stuff up i'm reading between the lines <laughs> it's um, a feature it's a feature of spider history now it's, not, <laughs> it's, not, it's now a feature it's why people come for it. yep but anyway you know knock at the door and all of a sudden hey there's mary jane with a bunch of people we've never seen before and we'll never see again bringing in pizzas to you know for harry oh isn't that fun so but you know mary jane she of the uh she of the, uh, you know, I'm a one woman, I'm a one man woman, uh, says, hey, Petykins. And uh, I don't know if anybody really talked hey, like Petykins. this. Hey, anyway, wow. Petykins. I didn't know you'd be here. This makes it a real party. How about you and me cutting out? Ooh. Peter says, no way. I'm on my way to see Gwen. Oh, you lost a bet again, huh? Poor guy. Uh, I like that. MJ. And Peter's, Peter's going, poor Harry. Why does he have to dig a gal like MJ? Oh, yeah. So, man. So Peter goes to see Gwen. Peter's going to see Gwen. And, you know, Peter is, is a hit. You know, Peter knows how to, you know, seduce a woman. <laughs> so he says, <laughs> he says, Gwendy, do you have to look so voomy? I'm only human. And that's V O O M Y. Looking so voomy. Well, that was the thing back in the day. Va, va, voom. 
Yeah. And Remember the, the, the game song, is all low. I want to do another zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. Just shake your butt. Come on, everybody. Join along. Come on, George. Oh. All I want to do is a zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. <laughs> Here, let's look. Uh, at okay. This. Okay. And uh, this, <laughs> anyway, Gwen says, don't fight it, man of mine. You male, me female. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the game. That's, and you know, and you can always wow. again, this is another reminder of how you can always tell how Stan just had yeah. his pulse on youth culture. You know, this uh, is the way Stan used to seduce women, I guess. Me man, you woman. How Let's old was, how old was Stan's daughter at this time? Oh, I don't know. She had she was an adult. She had to be an she adult. She had to be. But yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if like he was maybe saying stuff that she said back in the sixties. Maybe. <laughs> I, I I don't uh, know. I can't imagine anybody talking this way. Um, yeah. You know, and, and to be honest, uh, uh, I uh, I haven't picked up any, you know, like my, I have a, I have a grown daughter and uh, I haven't heard her talk in any particular. I think rad was the only thing that she was saying is like, wait a minute, what the hell is that? Um, <laughs> but usually she taught, but uh, usually she talked English like the rest of us. Um <laughs> But anyway, so normally, says you're, you're, normally like when you're, you're used to hearing your daughter talk, it's like, screw you, dad, give me money. Like <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how a kid really talks to their parents. So yeah. anyway, think, the name, uh, Stan understood he, uh, how kids talk much like he understood drug use in the uh, 70s. And how, <laughs> and, how, and, and how minorities talk. Um, oh, yeah. so. My daughter doesn't speak to, my, to me that way. She's just loving. She's only three, you know? though, right? Isn't she three? I have an image in my head now of like Stanley walking into like writers meetings and, and, and looking at people like Len Wein and going, hello, fellow kids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so anyway, Peter says the name of the game is love lady. I'm off my rocker over you. (laughs) JR, JR, take these lines and work, use it on your wife tonight. Yeah. Hey baby, you're va va voom. Yeah. I have a, well, one time I was trying to be funny. Spencer is 16 years old. And of course he's in uh, his lady killer phase. And, uh, <laughs> he, he, um, now, now, yeah. see, not yet, but do you give him any tips? Because I mean, it was a long time ago for you. It was like during the, the, the Wilson administration I have when, when you were to, going through your I have phase. tried to give him tips and he has pretty well explicitly stated. He doesn't want any advice from me on women. And I don't know why, you know, and, uh, I, I, and, uh, you know, I said, but Spencer, I mean, you know, here, listen to what uh, one of my idols has to say, you know, about seducing women, you know, do what you need to do with her, then broom her fast. Um, (laughs) On Thanksgiving, no less. (laughs) So where do we go tonight, ma'am? The garden of Eden, the moon, you name it. Uh, but when wants to stop when so wants funny. to see Flash? When wants to see Flash to see how Flash is doing? And of course, Peter's like, you know, oh yeah, this is really going to get good. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm really going to get laid tonight by going to see Flash. Um, <laughs> but um, that's called. So anyway, I, I like her comment. You know, when he's like, "Let's go see Flash," and he's like, "But this is supposed to be our date," and she's like, "Oh, we have we have a whole lifetime ahead of us, Pete." <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> it that's is. A good line. 
talk about some foreshadowing there. Uh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Gwen says, well, well, see, Peter, the thing is, Flash is going to be the subject of the very next multi-part story of Amazing Spider-Man. So we have to go see him and see how depressed mm-hmm. he is so we can have a natural segue into the next story. Oh, and then Peter says, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, you know. Uh, so they go to see Flash. Flash is being a crap ass, you know. I mean, you know, what that old, you know, PSD war thing, you know. I mean, uh, so I, uh, I was trying to make that funny, but it didn't. Oh, work. that ain't uh, funny. <laughs> that, <laughs> that didn't work. So anyway, Peter, you know, they go see a movie and Peter says, uh, uh, you know, why, why are you so interested in Flash? And, and Peter says, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in Flash. I'm worried about him as a friend. You know, you know, he's a friend like Harry or Randy or Mary Jane, even though she's a slut. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, if something's wrong with a friend, I'm unhappy about it, aren't you? And Peter, of course, you know, Peter, uh, he's smooth. He understands. Huh. Wow, Miss Stacy. I suddenly feel lower than a worm's belly. <laughs> I used to think I just loved you for your looks. Mm-hmm. But you know something? Your soul is as beautiful as your face. And that's saying a lot. Oh, shut up, you chatterbox, and kiss me, Gwen's. Wow. Yes, this is this is teen romance. Brown you know, chicken, brown cow. To the third power. Now, shut up and kiss me is something that a girl would actually say. Yeah, it's a song, that's, too. That's legit something that w- that women say. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's saying that? Who's saying that? Mary Chapin Carpenter. Yeah, she actually shut had up a Shut up and kiss me. I remember shut that. Shut up and kiss me. All right. Yeah. Wow. Um, just some first country music reference of all in 10 years. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. it, just, it seems like just recently somebody was singing uh, achy, breaky heart on this show. Oh, all right. <laughs> anyway, all as well as, you know, I mean, we, we can't end the story there. You know, this is superhero comic. So we end the story with Spidey out on patrol again. And Spencer Smythe corners him, zaps him with ethyl chloride, which is supposed to zap the strength of a spider and captures him. We go to issue 107. Uh, and really, actually, issue 107 is not nearly as interesting as the other two have been you know there haven't been any you know blatant dating or uh, uh of dialogue or uh situ- social situations uh so you know it's not nearly as fun uh but you know flash you know finds gwen again and wants to talk to gwen uh spider-man breaks free of spencer Smythe's clutches uh calls the police to tell him that you know Smythe has uh, taken over these monitors, so the police start dismantling the monitors, and Spider-Man defeats Smythe by going in and like, see how does he do it? You know, he he basically when Smythe gets in the robot, then the robot turns on Smythe and captures him himself, captures Smythe himself, and Spider-Man says, "How did he do it?" He places a call and they start mismanaging. Spidey who's captured. Oh, because Spidey rearranged the controls, Hmm. which I think is about kind of first cousin to reversing the polarity of the neutron (laughs) flow. Uh, You know, he just (laughs) here's a piece of technology. You know, he's probably never seen or what, but he just rearranges the controls and yeah, and and it works. Well, now, now, in fairness, in fairness, in the Avengers. In the eighties, he actually pulled put a nuclear reactor back online. That's true. That's true. So, <laughs> you hey, know, don't don't tell him short. <laughs> real quick, Jr. I forget what Flash was in trouble for. It's something in Vietnam. He did. What was it? Oh, you know, I I don't remember because we're we're getting to that. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so Spider Man saves the day, and they dismantle all the cameras. Yeah. Um. But then, you know, as uh, you know, as as our story ends, Spider Man swings by and sees Gwen. 
Um, and Gwen's crying because mm-hmm. Flash has just been picked up by the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that leads into our next story. And I think what happened was they thought Flash's life was a danger. They were trying to take him into protective custody. I mm-hmm. think that was it, but I don't I remember for right sure. Um, yeah, he bombed. They, they thought he bombed a temple in Vietnam or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. well, uh, another kind of unintentional uh, foreshadowing of the future uh, is uh, after Spider-Man defeats Smythe, uh, he pays a visit to Jonah and says, Jonah, you know, I know you're behind it. And if you ever do something like this again, you know, I'm going to kick your ass. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, but Jonah is before Spider-Man shows up, Jonah's saying, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, admiring himself for his leading this, this protest and says, you know, that I'm a shoe in for mayor the next election. And after Spider-Man comes in, does his bit and leaves, Jonah says, who oh, a fine way to treat the next mayor. <laughs> uh, so, which is, uh, but, but one of the things, you know, and, and one of the reasons I decided to go ahead with the story is the whole idea of the security cameras, because I, obviously, as you can tell in this story, the whole the idea of security cameras being all over the city is a hallmark of authoritarianism. And if you were a good science fiction, you know, uh, fan back in the 60s and 70s, or if you'd read Orwell, you knew that one of the hallmarks of totalitarianism was constant surveillance of the population, you know, particularly government surveillance of the population. But 30, 40 years later, what do we have? Mm. Constant surveillance of the population. But it's not the government. It's 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 private industry and it's ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, every business now has cameras, yeah. you know, and, and, and the authorities have cameras, too. But we all have cell phone cameras, you know, so everybody's taking pictures. Everybody people are telling everybody in the world on Twitter and Facebook where they are. Hey, I went to see so and so today. Hey, I'm going to the ice cream store, you know, and right. so. Even, you know, so it, it, it's funny, you know, yeah, it's, it's funny when people talk about, well, you know, the, the president, uh, you know, is going to, you know, he's wanting to do this and he's going to create a dictatorship, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's, you know, it's not the president. It's not, it, it's us. We do it to ourselves because we mm-hmm. perceive uh, that we're going to get some benefit. And it's like I was saying yesterday on the, uh, the, the costume that now sends data back, you know probably health insurance companies going to, are going to require people to routinely send in medical information, which is a grievous invasion of privacy. But if we want health insurance, we'll probably have to do it. So mm-hmm. I, I just kind of found that that was kind of an ironic little side part of the story. As uh, that works in the health insurance sector uh-huh. and in, in just insurance and, and financial services. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they will use any excuse to not, to not take you. And whether it be if you're if you're as big as you are tall, they're not gonna take you, dude. And, when I uh, when I was yeah. remember when I had my uh, my appendicitis when my appendix burst, yeah, mm-hmm. and I had and I had to go to the ER and have it removed immediately, right? Because you know it it, it was it was so ruptured and, and they were like, yeah, that's got to come out like right now as fast as possible. Um, of course, I filed the claim with the insurance company after the the doctor at the hospital says, oh, by the way, you need to not do a damn thing for like a week. Because you have to heal up and stuff, right? And I have, to, and I wound up having to spend four days in the hospital before I could even walk again. Mm. And uh, and the insurance wrote back and said, uh, "Yeah, we're not going to cover all of this, like the extended hospital stay, because this was elective surgery." Mm. <laughs> and and so, and my doctor, you know, actually wrote them a letter saying, "Oh, by the way." This was an emergency. This was emergency surgery. The patient had no choice. His appendix had to come out or, oh, I don't know. He would die. (laughs) And 
didn't budge. The insurance company was like, no, this, this, this could have been scheduled and, and done, uh, you know, in, in less time. I love and that so, the insurance company is smarter than the doctor. So, we're, so we're not going to cover it. And I, I, I was beside myself with, with yeah. wrath. It is such a scam. Yeah. It is. Yeah, such I mean, I could go, I could go to D I mean, having to, uh, insure not only myself but uh, three people, three family members. Uh, but uh, but it was kind of we could tangent on that and <laughs> spend the next six hours talking about that. No but it, it, it's just kind of funny that you know what's what you know what was science fiction you know years mm-hmm. ago I and mean, and really not that many years ago is now science fact. And uh, you know again it, and it, again it's not the government necessarily that's doing it to us. We're doing it to ourselves. Uh, so anyway. real quick before we go, uh, some YouTubers have some questions for JR. JR, uh, what would you from Josh? What would you say was the best and worst Spider-Man story of the seventies from Josh Nelson? Oh Lord! You know, you uh, people always ask me these questions, and I don't remember uh, off the top of my head. Though I was fond, I've always been fond of Amazing Spider-Man one fifty three, the last hundred yards. That's always been one of my favorites. Uh, the one where the um, we see the, the the doctor whose daughter's been kidnapped, uh, you know, relive his football career by going down down uh, downfield, uh, and then Spider Man uh, for the first time in a Spider Man comic, Spider Man swears mm-hmm. uh, because uh, some you know he he, uh, he he's tries to restrain himself from absolutely knocking someone's head off yeah, and uh, says that, nah, you're not worth it. I'm not going to do it. And then he turns around, looks at him and says, the hell you're not. And then he just, you know, hit, knocks him 50 yards. Um, the, so worst, I, I mean, the worst the, one. What's the, the worst one, one in the 70s? The worst. Oh my God. What is the worst? I'm trying to think. Denny O'Neill didn't start until the eighties. <laughs> the, the thing is, the thing is, I mean, a lot of the Marvel team ups were so uniformly bad, but I think just by the, their nature, they were bad. I mean, again, because they were plot driven, you know, they really weren't character driven and it's easy to make fun of them, particularly when <laughs> the man killer shows up. I'm well, sorry. The, the Aunt May, Dr. Ock wedding. Now, now, now see, that's, that's one of those things where, yeah, it's bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like Spider-Mobile bad. You know, yeah. I mean, the Spider-Mobile was a stupid idea. But every time we see a reference to it now, you know, we get this little cutesy nostalgia thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And now whenever there's references <laughs> to the Doc Ock May thing, like in Mark Millar's uh, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Knight Spider-Man, you know, where, where Peter finds the engagement ring and Aunt May says, oh, I just couldn't get rid of it. It just seemed like, mm-hmm. you know, such a, uh, you know, a bad thing to do. And, you know, Peter's going, yeah, Doc Ock being a sensitive guy. Yeah. Uh so it, it was bad, but I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, and, and to be honest, nothing really right. comes to mind. Some of the, some of the old, uh, early spectacular Spider-Mans were probably, pre- I would say maybe th- thinking off the top of my head, uh, the big pig, you know, mm, the big pig, yeah. and the, a razorback <laughs> and the big rig. Uh, mm-hmm. That was pretty bad. Know, so that, that Nintendo probably, handheld. You know, Nintendo handheld says, what would Gwen be like if she was a spider woman back at that time? Uh, what would Gwen be like if she was a spider woman? Oh, you know, I don't know. She'd probably been some cliched superhero or whatever. I don't, I, you know, I really don't know. What were women superheroes like back in the day? You know, well, you I mean, Black other than Widow. Wonder Woman. Black Widow. Uh, Unky Claw says, would JR be able to beat a gorilla with one hand tied behind his back? <laughs> <laughs> and they said mm. JR could do it with both hands behind his back. Uh, the medical industry is awful. Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I say, that's it. Forget, we, still got, we still got Marvel team up number one. So. Yep. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. 
Uh, we've got one more issue that came out this month. Marvel team up number one. It's the first time Spider-Man had another, uh, title that come out during the month. And it was written by, let me get this up. Uh, Roy Thomas and Ross Andrew on pencils. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think eventually Jerry Conway started writing this mm-hmm. for, for a while. Right. Um, Roy Thomas also subbed uh, briefly on Amazing Spider-Man, uh, kind of for a couple of stories between Stan. Stan had left after issue 100, and then uh, Roy wrote the the Kazar yeah. um, two issues and, I did not like at all. Ugh, and uh, but then uh, but then uh, Stan came back for another couple of stories, and then Conway took over I think in 110 from then on. But uh, yeah, the, the Marvel team up number one um, or, originally. Uh, this was, I mean, we've always made fun of Marvel team up for, for good no, reasons, but no, it didn't always haven't. used to be as, <laughs> we haven't, we haven't, you have, uh, we haven't. You oh, have. oh, I, I, wait a minute. Now you're not going to start defending, like, you know, you're going to defend Marvel team up. And then like all of a sudden next, I, you're going to what defend secret wars. You know, I mean, wh- where does it stop? You know, where, where do we go on that slippery slope? Uh, but, um, Anyway, the and when Marvel team, <laughs> you need to get back on your meds so you can start making sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just see here. This one and this one, uh, and then this goes up my nose. Oh uh, Lord! Don't uh, show me where anything else. I don't goes. know where that one's going to go up. Stop! Stop! Uh, stop! But, but, Jr.'s uh, got enough meds there to fill a rain stick. <laughs> but uh, well, it happens when you get old. Okay. Marvel um, team anyway, up number one. Marvel team up number one. Originally, uh, the, the the concept was that it would be a Spider-Man Human Torch title. Yeah. Uh, and and the Human Torch was uh, Spider-Man's uh, partner for the first three issues, but apparently they realized at the time, or they thought at the time, that they they just really weren't going to have that many stories to tell. I didn't know that. That's very good. I didn't know that. Well, uh, it's it's um, it was in one. It was referenced in one of those uh, the, one of those comics magazines. It wasn't Comic Scene or something, but one of those comics research magazines. Hmm. Um, actually, I, I I knew that was I knew I had read that before, but I I didn't have a source, so I looked I think, it up. On I think the X Men was the first one that wasn't it that number four, like the yeah, first three Human Torch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is funny because that wasn't the first time they tried to do. They thought about doing it. Well, it was the first time, but since then, you know, they they thought Marvel thought about doing a Spider Man Wolverine permanent team up title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that didn't take, uh, but it looks like they finally succeeded getting one off the ground with Spider-Man Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that yeah, book, anyway. that book is very hot and cold, but when it's good, it's yeah. good. So anyway, this is Christmas Eve. Spider-Man's on the beach. You know, he's taking pictures of a bunch of uh, middle-aged people jumping into the water uh, because uh, Jameson wants pictures of the polar bear club, you know, uh, and they do for whatever reason, they do that, that here in uh, Northeast Ohio as well, you know, on the coldest cold days, for whatever reason, they, they go down to Chippewa Lake or whatever. I, I don't understand it. Anyway, this tentacle of sand appears, you know, and then, and then it, it, Turn, you know, you know, kind of like a, a, a in Spider-Man three, and it coalesces and it becomes the Sandman. But it's the Sandman in his green suit and weird mask days. Uh, now, why is Spider-Man? Why does why does the Sandman wear a suit? Well, we're going to find out later, boys and girls. Uh, there's a very not, anatomical. It was not a good look. There is no. There's a very anatomical reason for that. But anyway, uh, he, what's funny is the Sandman did go back to his original classic look uh, later on. So. Anyway, so Sandman's there. Peter changes to Spider-Man. Uh, they get in a little, you know, superhero, superhero, villain, brouhaha. And Spider-Man says, geez, you know, you're the la- one of the last guys I wanted to spend Christmas Eve with. Sandman goes, Christmas Eve? <gasps> you know, and that hesitation uh, allows Spider-Man to web him up. But, of course, you know, this is the Sandman. He's at the beach. He's going to disappear. 
So Spider-Man says, well, you know, Sandman is not my problem. I have not fought Sandman since Amazing Spider-Man number 19. And, you know, ever since then, Spider-Man, uh, Sandman joined the Frightful Four. He's fought the Fantastic Four. He's not my problem. I'm going to go to the Baxter building and dump him. That was a long head. time from the fight from 19. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he, wow. yeah, he, yeah, Sandman, I mean, it's funny because Sandman first appeared in Spider-Man and then he appeared right. like number 18 and number 19. And then, and then he was kind of like, kind of like the Kingpin, like, you know, got was a Spider-Man villain and then pretty well got co-opted uh, as yeah, a Daredevil, Daredevil villain. Yeah. Uh, so Sandman I mean, was co-opted as a FF villain for a while, but now he's kind of been back and forth and, you know, he fights uh-huh. Spidey too. So, uh, so Peter, Spider-Man decides to go to the Baxter building, uh, but only Johnny is there. And, uh, you know, Johnny said, you're probably wondering, uh, you know, why, uh, why I'm not, I'm here and everybody else is gone. He says, well, I can't get laid. I'm mad that I can't get laid. Uh, and, um, I guess what had happened was, you know, he, uh, he, uh, you know, Crystal, I guess he and Crystal broke up or whatever. And Spider-Man says, yeah, well, welcome to the club. You know, you, you and Jack, <laughs> Zach join her both. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but, uh, anyway, so. Uh, so all Peter's a, of fingers, Vettinger, all of them. <laughs> What's that? He's just flipping you off. <laughs> oh, he's, oh, he's giving me all of his fingers. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I feel, I feel, I feel I feel I'm in rare, rarefied company now. By the way, check, fingers. check out Johnny Storm's outfit. That's so seventies. Yeah, man. He, I mean, he was re- he was ready for action that night, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Um, he yeah, was so the he missing. Is- he's the missing fest truck brother. What? Remember from Surat Live? Two wild and crazy guys. Oh, those those yeah. are the fest truck brothers. Got he's it, like, he, there was like a third one that they never showed, and apparently it was Johnny Storm. That's funny. Um, so Spider-Man and Johnny and, and the Torch compare notes on the Sandman, and they both say, "Hey, you know what? We've both seen him hanging out around the George Washington Bridge on the way to Jersey." So, you know what? Are the, you know, so the most logical course of action seems to be to, to take the fantastic car and fly to New Jersey. Um, but this is not this fantastic. This was not the fantastic car that Dodge motors helped them build. Uh, this was an old version of the fantastic car. So Dodge, eh, whatever second. Fantastic <laughs> car, <maybe. All> right. <sighs> so anyway, so they start flying around and they're not seeing anything. And Johnny is just bitching and moaning. Cause Johnny, you know, Peter's got Peter doesn't want to be there. Cause Peter's got a date with Gwen. So Peter thinks he's going to get laid, but Johnny's mad. Cause he does, he's not getting laid, but anyway, so Spider-Man, Hey, there's a mugging and there's these two muggers who are trying to, ta- you know, steal this woman's Christmas presents. And, you know, Spidey saves the day and, you know, she, he said, you know, and she, they say, Oh man, let us go. Let us go. It's Christmas. And he says, well, what's the lady want? And the lady says, well, you know, it is Christmas. Don't put him in jail. Just just make him s- stick for a while or whatever. Not go anywhere for a while. So Spidey webs him up, says, say not, say hi to the, say thanks to the nice lady, Clyde. Well, this was just, this was not just an ordinary woman who just happened to be mugged. Now, we don't know her name at the time, but George, oh. who is she? Oh, wow. This was later retconned into the first appearance of Misty Knight. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. Well, you yes, can't mistake was. the hair. I mean, the hair looks very much like this <laughs> in the 70s. Marvel, Mar- in Marvel Team-Up number 64, the where, you know, the issue where, uh, you know, uh, what is it? The Steel Ster- Serpent is wanting to steal Iron Man, Iron Fist Chi, but he doesn't want to go to Starbucks and get his own Chi or something like that. Uh, and uh, at the, the 
one of the last pages is Spider-Man saying, Misty, haven't I seen you before? You look awfully familiar, you know, and I'm not saying that in a racist kind of way, you know, that y'all look alike. Uh, and she, and she says, uh, well, yeah, you and a friend in a flying bathtub saved me from a couple of muggers. Well, that's cool. So, so yeah, it is. That's uh, that is the first appearance mm-hmm. of, uh, Misty Knight. So anyway, as they're flying, still looking for the Sandman, the torch is able to stop a major accident from happening by, uh, you know, uh, a truck is skidding on the ice and the torch melts all the melts, the ice. And, you know, we don't have any in conclusion accident, but he's had it. Spider-Man's had it. It's starting to snow. They both want to go home. So, but then just then as luck would have it, they find the Sandman and they get in a fight and they lose. Um, but the Sandman, and here's here's what I was saying about why the Sandman is wearing this particular costume. So the human tor- uh, the human torch tries to drop a big billboard on the Sandman, and the Sandman uh, starts off by quoting uh, a Starship song by saying, "Nothing's going to stop me now." <laughs> but then he says, "Not since the Wizard helped me rig up these little buttons, which turn me hard faster than you can say cement block." Now. <laughs> George, who is not here right now, who who went, would say George would say, JR, you're making shit up. Well, boys and girls. I'm gonna show the panel real quick. There it is. The Sandman does indeed, and move it up a little bit, Brad, or can you get the Sandman's dialogue at the very end? Uh the very bottom of the yeah, there we go. Oh, you're close. Uh, move it a little bit. No, other way, other way, other way, other way. I feel like I can give my kids driving directions. I missed the, there we go. It's like I'm I'm seeing Spencer how to drive. Other way, other way, other way. Okay. uh, I I can't do it, Jay. Trust me, me, it says the wizard helped me rig up these little buttons which turn me hard faster than you can say cement block. Can I I interject real quick? We hope you would. We were just talking about you. All right. um, So since we we talked about Misty Knight uh, a few minutes ago, uh, I have always been a huge Misty Knight fan. I've always liked Misty Knight. I've always liked Iron Fist, Power Man. I've always liked that. Um, and a, a very good friend of mine uh, for Christmas, and I know I normally you know, chastise him for showing <laughs> action figures on camera, but a, a, very, a very good friend of mine, very, you know, someone who I look at as a little brother and I give him grief all the time, uh, actually sent me this for Christmas. Aww. A, a Misty Knight action Very figure. nice so this would be a great opportunity to show that and and publicly thank our own zach joiner oh and to say you're under arrest sugar <laughs> <laughs> so thank you once again zach you're very well what do you think of the actress who plays misty knight on uh, luke cage i think she i like really, her i, I, I love I, I think they did a really good job uh simone mm-hmm. uh, messick that's her name i i think she's a fantastic uh she's a fantastic misty knight the only problem is and she's very foxy. Uh, the only problem is, is that she's. I I couldn't get through watching that the entire time without thinking, Misty's supposed to be with Danny. Misty's supposed to be mm. with Iron Fist. She's supposed to be with Iron Fist. But you, she is number one. She's a way better actor than the Iron Fist guy. And the Iron Fist is so. The guy they got playing Iron Fist, whose name escapes me, a uh, Game of Thrones guy, mm-hmm. uh, is just so low grade and and, and and unimpactful. Um. That it's it's hard to explain why that Misty Knight would get with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's on the, on the one hand, I, I I really hate that they botched that, that they they really missed that whole opportunity to have Misty and Danny together. 
Um, like it really chafes me. But at the same time, uh, production wise, I, I, I don't see how you make the two of them believable as a couple because number one, she's older than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, she's just any scene that the two of them is, were, would be in, she, she's just going to act circles around him. You know, like they need somebody who can hold their own together, who can, you know, stand, stand their own ground. And the look cage actor is very good. Yeah. And, and, and that's just unfortunately not what we have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you would, yeah. The Iron Fist, you know, Iron Fist just has to have badass written all over him. I mean, he does. And, and that guy just did not, who, you know, you don't believe for a minute that guy's a superhero. You just don't. Um, So anyway, so Sandman touches his midsection and grows hard. Um, But then... (laughs) Uh, he does that, you know, but he's a, anyway, he uses his sand powers to, to trap Spider-Man and capture Spider-Man in the torch. And he uh, ties him together and throws him in a water tower uh, to drown. Uh, but he gives it since it's Christmas Eve. He gives him a little clue on how to escape, which involves, you know, the torch being able to, to you know, use fire and, uh, you know, snap the rope or whatever that's holding him down. And they escape. Looking for him again. And they find him. He's crawling into a bungalow. What's he doing crawling into a bungalow? Now, there he is, and he's getting he's getting in a suit. And they say, all right, you know, come with us. And he says, no. Nah. So Sammy goes, shh, shh, I'm visiting my mall, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he, sure enough, there's Sandman's sick old mother in the next room. And uh, Spider-Man says, you know, in that suit, Sandman, you look a lot like Norman Osborn. And uh, Sandman goes, well, of course, we're cousins. But that's another story. <laughs> um, so, it, so anyway, so there's Sandman's little old mom, and you know, guys, you can't take me in now. The docs never told her I was a criminal. Just give me a few minutes with her, and I'll just walk out of here like a little lamb. And they say, "All right, all right." And then Spider-Man reaches down into his midsection, and he pulls out a um, he pulls out a uh, a wrapped package, okay, <laughs> and he puts it in the Sandman's hands. <laughs> Okay, I would say, so I would say Spider History After Dark, except that it's like uh, it's three in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> but see, that's exactly what is happening, boys and girls. I mean, again, yeah. I am not making shit up. Spider Man no. reaches down into his pants. Okay, see right here. All right, he pulls out a wrap package and he puts <laughs> it in the hands of the Sandman. Yeah. So, guys, you know, I'm yep. not making shit up. This is, you you are never going to get a more accurate rendition of spider history than you are on this very station. So true. um, Anyway, the, so, but Spider-Man and the torch, unfortunately get lost in thoughts more than five minutes pass. And they realize, Oh crap. And Sandman of course has gotten away. And uh, Spider-Man, anyway, Spider-Man said he gave he, the old lady reminding him of Aunt May. So that's why he gave it and turns out to be a pen. And that's why he gave it to Sandman. So, uh, Spidey and the Torch said, well, you know, he gave us a break on Christmas Eve. We'll give him a break. So Johnny decides to write in the sky, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Spider-Man says, and that's what it's all about, right? And then the editor at the very end says, amen, brother, amen. And that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is the historic Marvel team up number one. But we're not done yet, boys Whoa, and girls. We're not, we're not because... One of the things, and, and this is a, I got this actually not too long ago. It was dirt <clears throat> cheap uh, at a comic, one of my favorite comic book store, because like a Punisher, it's not in too good as shit. Oh, man. But, but one of the fun things about the comic, about getting the original comics is you get to see the original ads. Mm. 
You got a good one this you don't get that in Marvel Unlimited, so this will be interesting. Yeah, but Marvel Unlimited doesn't have the ads. Um right, right. if you I wanted you don't, if you, you did say oh, if you wanted the ads, you would have had to got the those old DVD sets because I think they did oh, have yeah. all the ads. Yeah. Um but remember this is like this is around Christmas nineteen seventy one when this came out, and this is the very last uh page, and it's a muscle building ad. Mm. And I don't know if this uh, I put two full inches on my arms, three inches on my chest and trimmed four inches off my waist in just seven weeks. Why not you? And that boys and girls is in many cases, a lot of people's first introduction to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that's Arnold. Hold that that's up Arnold. again. Yeah. yeah. See, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that, is Arnold. Noticed that, right? that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Back when he was Mr. Universe. Wow. Mr. Yeah. Universe. So it's the yeah. first it appearance says, of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Marvel Universe in Marvel Team Up number one. Uh, it says movie and, movie, and TV, movie and, and TV star Arnold Schwarzenegger. So and Arnold is one of those few is one of those few uh, guys who have played a, a Marvel and a DC character. Yeah, Mr. Freeze and uh, well then Conan. Conan. Conan's not a Marvel. Yeah, he was a Marvel property originally. Well, he, he was licensed. licensed. Marvel licensed. Marvel had a license to do Conan comics. Yeah, yeah. but because of the popularity of those comics. By the way, are you ex- excited uh, that they're doing Conan again, George Marvel? Um, they're going to do like King Conan. Uh, I think no. Uh, you mean Marvel? The actual comic? Never mind. I thought you meant like the movie that they want to make with Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I'm they're, sorry. they're, they're I, making I got, Marvel Conan comics again. I, I hadn't heard that. The Dark Horse. That's another. Lost Dark Horse license, I guess. Yep. Yep. Mar- Marvel gets it. What does Dark Horse still have? Aliens and Predators. Yeah. Poor and, ha- and Hellboy. But, I mean, uh, here's the thing. Uh, they need, for something like that, they really do need to bring. Well, they, Kurt Busiek actually, as much grief as I've given Busiek in the past, he actually did do a pretty good job with Conan. That's cool. Uh, over at Dark Horse, so we'll we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe Marvel can bring him on. I would be acceptable having Busiek back as as many problems as I have with him cool. uh, in his, in his writing. But when it comes to Conan, he's pretty he's pretty solid. So Jr. Was this a good? This was a good month for Spider History, wasn't it? Well, March yeah, seventy two. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was the introduction of Marvel team up. I mean, for for good or for ill, uh, it, it was really the the own the true second Spider Man's title until Spectacular several years later. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it, 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 the thing is, uh, Marvel eventually. I mean, early on, sometimes Peter would refer to Spidey would ref, would would change into Peter Parker or refer to his or personal life, and you might even see a member of the supporting cast. Wasn't too long after that, and then it was just it was just all Spider Man. I mean, you almost you you very seldom ever saw Peter Parker again. Right. Uh, you know, very on very rare occasions. Well, so, uh, you know, a lot of times when you did, he was on a date with someone. Yeah, usually yeah. Sissy Ironwood. <laughs> yeah, Sissy Ironwood. <laughs> that was the that was the uh, satellite girlfriend. Sissy Ironwood, yeah, who who basically didn't exist in the other books. Yeah. <laughs> Sissy Ironwood, damn it! Uh, although uh, although he did go, he was with Mary Jane in that uh, infamous uh, team up yeah. with Red Sonia. Uh, yeah, which Mary, is the first time Mary, Red Sonia, yeah. Red Sonia possessed Mary Jane. Mary Jane also showed up in uh, in a team up with like Ghost Rider. Yep. And Glory, Glory showed up uh, as a date uh, at one point in a team up. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. gang, let's let's call it. Him to be a couple, didn't he? But he didn't know how to pull well, that, it off. That's or something. the that's the thing. You can tell that because in the issue where where uh, where Glory shows up, they are quite handsy. <laughs> 
Eater and Glory are very affectionate. They don't actually just come out flat out and kiss, but they are they are very very hands on. When when Glory and Peter went out to like a carnival somewhere. Mm-hmm.